Welcome to FIO on the Air, the voice of the festivals and events industry in Ontario. Please welcome our CEO and your host, Dave McNeil. Hello and welcome to FIO on the Air. Today we've got uh, Warren Weeks and Javit Khan in the studio. You recognize them from uh, a podcast that we did earlier in our uh, at last year's conference talking about social media and uh and everything that was happening in 2018 at the time. It's 2019. Welcome, guys. Looking forward to getting into the conversation. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Dave. Thanks. So, you know, year over year, uh, you guys are, are fan favorites. Like, everybody is asking us, or Javid and Warren coming back. And then, you know, you get some people that, well, you guys are always doing a social media thing. And, and that, like, to me, when I hear, you guys are always doing a social media thing, I just close my ears, walk away, and, and because they don't get it, right? I mean... It's the type of thing that changes year in, year out. You're, you're always getting new information, new strategies, new right. objectives, new tactics on how to do things. Right. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I th- you know, year over year, day after day, month after month, things are different. Things are, things are not only changing, evolving, but there's new social channels that are being introduced online. The question has always been, is that relevant for your festival or event? And, and in some cases, give it a try. You never know in terms of what your audience is going to gravitate to. So you're, you're absolutely right. There's like anything, um, you know, out there in terms of the marketing world, it is not only changing, evolving, but also you need to have an understanding of how, how to embrace it or it, is it really relevant for your, your event? Mm-hmm. The other thing that a lot of festival organizers maybe are not realizing is that we can actually see what they're doing on social media. So uh, I'd be curious to find, you know, some of the folks who are saying that, uh, oh, you're having another social media event. I'd like to go through and audit uh, what are they doing on Instagram? What are they doing on Facebook? What are they doing on LinkedIn and Twitter? Because, um, you know, as part of one of our sessions last year, we went through and we audited a lot of um, festivals and events. We want to see what they're doing. So we're not just going in kind of making stuff up. And um, I'd say, you know, roughly 15 to 20 percent of them are really kind of doing a, uh, an effective job across platforms because it's hard. So um, I think that a lot of them might be um, tuning out uh, and maybe they've tried it and, and have given up. But uh, I think there's a lot of upside for a lot of those festivals still. Yeah. And the one thing that it, it drives me crazy, but even in our organization, Festival and Events Ontario, is, you know, a number of your people, uh, whether it's your members or your board or even staff in some cases, you know, they, they're influencers in their communities. They've got a lot of followers. They've got a lot of people that are engaged and involved with what they do and what their organization does. Yet that sharing of information, that inclusiveness, that bringing people together and using that influence influencer status what what are, what's the real secret to getting people engaged that way i'm sure you run into it at other places too mm-hmm. uh, i would say just to try to you know, one of the most fundamental mistakes that a lot of organizations and people make is they make the content about themselves and they try to shove it out at people like we would have done with you know tv and radio commercials or newspaper ads um, i think the secret and there's a lot of nuances and obviously levels to this and javid could maybe uh, elaborate on that but the the, the real trick is to to flip it and make it about your audience and kind of work backwards towards your festival or event. So if you're not entertaining, delighting, informing, educating, then I think you're kind of missing the boat because the marketing messages, I just get tuned out. Yeah, you know, one of the things, the fundamental things when it comes to engagement per se, just generally, is the fact that you have to understand and, and realize that content is the bloodline. Content is what makes world the the online world go around Uh, to Warren's point. It's not all about you. It's about uh, the opportunity for you as an influencer, Dave, as you suggested to, to share someone else's content, to respond to someone else's content, perhaps to search and, and and share it with your community. So it's not just about you, 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 it is also about starting conversations. The other part of it is that, you know, as an influencer, it is about consistent content. How are you doing that on a consistent basis? That's vitally important. And then the third element that I always suggest to people is also, you know, what is your what what is your DNA, your online DNA, your your presence look like? So is your LinkedIn profile a really strong profile presence when someone does Google your name because they see your name everywhere, either on a poster or they hear you on an ad or in a podcast or whatever it may be? The natural human behavior now, like it or not, people are Googling your name and do you have a really kick-ass LinkedIn profile that someone reads and says, wow, 
this person really is an influencer. I need to have a conversation with them. Mm -hmm. So those for me are really the three high level elements that people really need to understand well. And as you started the conversation today is embrace it, not just say, well, well, you know, it's whatever and then move on. Yeah. And I mean, that LinkedIn example is a great example because up to a year or two ago, LinkedIn would be to go where you find out your friend got laid off. <laughs> and right. they're all of a sudden on the market looking for, right? I right. mean, it just naturally yeah. happens is, yeah. oh, I've got a LinkedIn request. That guy must have lost his job. Yeah. But yeah. now I've noticed exactly to your point. Is that point. what people think? <laughs> well, yeah. that's how, that's how yeah. I certainly yeah. respond yeah. to yeah. it. Yeah. But exactly what Javid's saying yeah. now, I'm getting more requests for how can we help your business? How can we get engaged with your membership? How can we do this? And so, yeah. so yeah, it is. It's an evolving thing. And, and I think the one thing that you get with people that, not necessarily don't get. Uh, I, I still think there's an old school and there's a new school. But Warren, you touched on it where, you know, you've got your print, your television, your radio. Right. And then you've got your social media. Now, there's a strategy. So, you know, it's building that comprehensive marketing strategy. And so what what do you, th what would you guys suggest are the top three marketing trends that festivals and events should pay attention to? So I, I certainly think uh, top of that list is content. Uh, and there's no reason... Any festival event organizer or individual who's re related to a festival and event who's listening to this podcast show should not have the ability to generate enough content for your on-season and your off-season plan. And when, you know, Warren and I, we talk a little bit about this in terms of off-season. Off-season meaning, you know, collect enough content so when your festival and or event is done, you still are touching base with people and that is all-around content. I'd say the second trend that I see a lot is video, you know, and, and there's more and more uh, organizations who are doing really funky, creative, outside of the box video. And I mean, like, not Hollywood produced. I mean, I'm not talking about, you know, bringing in three or four videographers and having lights and a whole crew. No, I'm talking even just with a with an iPhone or or a DSLR camera. It's just the, the funky editing things that I see. So I see video quite a bit. And I see in that same vein, the other trend is personalization with video. So, you know, if you have an opportunity to personalize your messages and have it through video. So, you know, if the message from the, from the president of, uh, um, I don't know, from a specific festival, hey, it'd be pretty cool to have a personalized video coming into your inbox from that individual rather than a traditional written letter or note. And, you know, and I'd say the, the, the one that I see uh, more and more, but it's I think it's going to take a little longer, is what I call um, AR, and that's augmented reality. I think, you know, the festival and event audience is perfect for this because that'd be really cool to, to have, a, a, um, you know, a program of a specific festival. You hover your phone over the program, and there comes to life is that specific artist or maybe the sponsor or the president on video augmented through the particular piece of paper uh, in introducing or welcoming you to the event. So I'd say for me, those are the, so really the three top ones that I see are going to be even more and more ones that are going to be focused in on. And I agree with you. I've seen some really neat Instagram little videos, those mm -hmm. little snippets. Now, the thing with Instagram is they're there for, what, 12 hours or until you get a certain, and then they're gone. Is there something in that vein that, that keeps them or that you can... Or is that just the way the Instagram program no, is set well, up? No, I, I think I think that the, the typical Instagram feed it won't go away if you put it into your Instagram. I think feed. he's talking about Instagram stories, stories. which are twenty four yeah. hours yeah. long. Yeah, oh, yeah. so that's a twenty four yeah. hour. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's what I say. It's the Instagram stories that tends to go away, and then again, that that really goes back to content, and that drives back to your content calendar. What does your content calendar look like for that specific month of whatever the month is, and that's where you need to plan out either Instagram stories. A big one right now on Instagram is uh, Instagram television, IGTV. Then you've got your typical posts. But it all comes back down to strategy. As you alluded to, Dave, it's a strategy. You need to understand that your strategy, when someone says to Warren and I, yeah, we have a strategy. And the first question Warren and I ask is, great, what's your strategy? Oh, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. No, no, those are tactics. Talk to us about your strategy. What does that look like? Right. That's important, right? Warren, anything to add to that before we move? Um, no, I think uh, Javid nailed it pretty well. Um, the one the one piece that I'm, I'm not sure it's a trend, but it's something that, that a lot of these festivals aren't doing, and a lot of organizations in general, is the uh, the engagement piece, the two-way. So 
Um, you know, we sent out a call for questions last week, not uh, an avalanche of, of responses. You will send a question to a festival and it will sit there just kind of dying on the vine. And, uh, you know, one of the, the, you know, I think it's kind of like a, a, a kind of fun example was I sent a tweet out to Mr. Bonsu at the Bonsu Winter Carnival last year and had this kind of fun conversation back and forth over Twitter for the course of the night. And then, you know, I turned that into a piece of content that I've been using on platforms all over the place and people get a kick out of it. The reason that I think it delights people is because it's so rare, right? You'll you'll send a note out and we just, we don't get them back. And so I think a lot of organizations, and they'll say, you know, we don't have enough time, we don't have enough people, we don't have enough money. Um, well, if you're going to be on social media and if someone's going to send you a note, it's just, if you don't respond to it, if you don't engage with it, it's just, it, it's a real lost opportunity. So I would say all the stuff that Javid said, um, but just have that engagement piece. And and the one thing, you know, we're on talking about Instagram and Instagram stories. The one thing that uh, from a tactical perspective that people might want to think about this year, especially events, and they're so visual and so experiential is um Instagram story ads. So you can actually monetize that space and, and spend some money to get into the uh, the demographic that you're looking for with your with your story. So that's kind of something new that I think a lot of organizations aren't doing yet. Yeah, and let me t- let me just add to Warren to your comment about the you know the the investment of, of some dollars. That 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 I think Dave is so lacking in in be it in a festival, an event, an organization, an entrepreneur, whomever is really if you're really serious about your social presence you really need to start thinking about and investing some budget behind it. You need, and we say this a lot, you know, how are you optimizing your social feeds? And people look at us and say, well, Warren, what, what do you guys mean? Op- optimizing meaning, and are you investing in these platforms? Mm-hmm. Do you have a certain dollar value that you've budgeted that is reasonable every month to optimize your feed? Because you can throw some great stuff out there. But you mentioned this, Dave, at the very beginning of this conversation, if you maybe don't have that numbers of followers yet, that's a great way to get eyeballs to start to target and invest and optimize your feeds. It's very important and there's no really, there's actually no excuse not to do it on any of the channels because every channel has some amazing backend data that you can draw from and actually put some money towards a very targeted, uh, speci- very targeted campaign to a very targeted audience. Oh, and, yeah. and that goes back to Warren, your comment about engagement, it's like, there's really no excuse if I'm... Well, there's lots of excuses. They're just not good ones. Yeah, there's not good ones, yeah. and there's really no yeah. excuse at all that I would say, okay, that's a good one. Right. Uh, especially in this in this world of festivals and events, which is purely visual and mm. entertain. Like, this is an entertainment business. Oh, yeah. Why in the world in an entertainment business would you just put stuff out and just say, well, we're done, and walk away? But it, it's kind of that cat chasing its tail in that circle, right? Is that you're putting content out, you're putting stuff out, and you're not getting reaction, you're not getting engagement. So, therefore, you think that it's not working. And But then, like you said, you know, you put together programmatic approach and and you put some ad dollars behind it and all of a start sudden now it's starting to click and you're starting to get stuff back from different areas outside of that your normal realm yeah 100 percent. you i need to the thing is i think we we alluded to this warren and i uh, the last time uh you really need to treat this world and we're specifically talking social we'll talk about other things you got to treat this world as no longer the kid you know, you've got to really take it seriously and, 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 and take it seriously in the sense of incorporate it into your overall strategy for the year, incorporate it into budgets, incorporate people power behind it. There's really, you know, you've got so many, uh, so many talented individuals who are interested in doing this type of stuff just to mm. add to their portfolio. Um, you can, I'm sure within every community, there's high schools and universities who are having up and coming media people Take take advantage of of that and and help these young folks out. There's you know, and they need this help and sometimes in some cases mentoring of how to you know how to incorporate business and social. Um, it's, I think there's a great opportunity and it's it's a very good conversation today. So strategy, we've talked about it a lot. So if you're building a marketing strategy, what are the elements that that have to be a part of that strategy, in your opinions? Well, I think. One of the things, it's going to be different for every organization based on their size, their budget, their event, uh, their history. You know, the strategy for a first-year event is going to be different from one that's been going for 30 years. Um, but I think right out of the gate, like Javid said earlier, a lot of them just go tactics. We start tweeting and, and Instagramming and Facebooking. And then, as, as you mentioned, they don't get the results they like. And then three weeks in, they kind of quit. Um, I would say that 
we have to start out by saying, you know, what is it that we're trying to achieve? Like set some sort of goals. What are our objectives? Whether those be, you know, three months, six months, 12 months, two years down the road. And then once you figure out what it is you want to do um, audience wise, um, in terms of you know, getting people into your events, revenues, sponsorships, whatever, figure out what those metrics look like and then kind of reverse engineer uh, the tactics based on that. And then the tactics, I think, are, are a sort of a micro thing where you have to adjust and measure and see what works. And, uh, and and I think, you know, Dave, the point you made earlier about organizations starting and then stopping is is really, really huge. Because if you go and check out some of their YouTube channels, what you'll see is they, they, they put together three or four videos in 2013. And then they just, there's nothing, there's nothing else. Because they figured, you know, we tried that and it right. sucked or it didn't right. work or whatever. Right. Um, one of the quickest hacks that I would offer and it sounds kind of basic is find an event somewhere in the world that's really doing a great job and copy what they're doing, you know, copy what they're doing in your way, but how often are they posting? What are they doing? And, and pick up the phone or send an email to whoever's managing that event and say, Hey, can you, can you help us out? Can you send us some information? Like, what does your strategy look like? I think you'd be amazed that, and especially if they're have they have a, uh, an event that's taking place in the UK, you're not competitors, you're on the same team. And I think you might be surprised that someone might just you know, kind of hit send and send you their strategy. And you can save yourself a lot of time and money and just kind of overlay your stuff on theirs. And it yeah. never hurts to thank in the format that, yeah, hey, you know, for sure. we for came sure. across this and we yeah. thought it'd be a good fit. Yeah. And yeah. I am totally in agreement with that whole, you know, there's 15 ideas and everything is spun off of those. Mm. Right. I don't get why people don't do that right. more often. To, to your point, you want to change it and you want to put your spin make in it yours. and everything. Make it yours. Right. But... You know, why Why sit in a boardroom for hours upon hours trying to come up with that brand new idea? Yeah. Thank God some people do that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, <laughs> but you know, once they put that time and energy into it. No, 100%. I, I think, you know, to, to your question about the strategy, you know, if you're sitting here and listening to this, to this particular podcast, a uh, couple of things you may want to scribble down as Warren has started right away, scribble down the fact that you need... You, you know, if you are going to build a marketing strategy and you're presenting it to your board or your executive director, whomever it is, uh, you know, scribble down right away goals and objectives. That has to be in your marketing strategy. Scribble down the fact that you need to know your audience. So that's number two. So what that means is then create a client profile. Need, you know, maybe it's one or two profiles and really understand that profile. Another part of your strategy in your document should be what are your key messages? What are the key messages that you're going to be, that you're creating for your festival and event? What does that look like? And what's the tone of those messages? And then even go now one step further, and maybe this is where you get your board involved. Maybe you get your team involved or, or maybe some of your community leaders, maybe some of your fans you know, start putting together a SWOT analysis. So do a strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. What does that look like for your festival and or event? And that should be part of your marketing strategy. The other element of your strategy is then actually do some level of, uh, of ask. Research, you know, research with your sponsors, research with your vendors, research with your audience. Put that information also within your strategy. Then after you do all of that, now we're talking tactics. Then we're going to figure out how does that match to the tactics we're looking for. So the back end of your, of your strategy document should always be your tactics. Now how are you implementing your strategy within your uh, particular festival and event? That really is your true marketing strategy document and exercise that mm -hmm. you should. And this, this takes a while. It takes a while to do, at least a good easily three weeks to a month you really wanted to be comprehensive but Warren you alluded to it's got to be living and breathing right there's got to be you know there's got to be opportunity for it to ebb and flow as you get either new ideas new opportunities someone comes and knocks on your door and says hey we want to be involved okay well how does that work and how can we put that into our strategy hmm. so there's a lot work involved in the front end but once you have that that thing should last meaning it's living and breathing it should be it should be there for at least a good two to three years Easily. If not longer, if, if it's not done longer. properly, right? right? You know, you talked about it's taking ideas, Warren. Like, this is a brilliant idea. If I was a big festival and event across, if, if I'm listening to this in somewhere in the U.S. or across the pond to to two guys, three guys with a fourth guy doing uh, the, the, the production work here around the table, I'd be like, it's a great idea. I'm going to do this for my festival and event and create a podcast show. What a great way to invite sponsors and a great way to do off-season type of stuff. Oh, yeah. Podcasts are, you know, you mentioned one of the trends. That's another big trend that is, that's hot. 
is people are doing more and more podcasts. People are because people love to go for a run, go for a, jo- uh, a walk in the car, in the car on the train, and listen to these these audio things. So well, and that's what I found when when I started with Theo. Uh, you know, it was we were kind of big on white papers or uh, conference calls, and and I, I find with the podcast is you can take the content, and you can do a deeper dive, and people are hearing directly what the answers are there right. you know it's not me sitting down at my desk after a conversation or a phone call or a meeting right putting together a paper on this is the way i understood it they're right. hearing it firsthand and and like you say if you invite people to send in some questions i mean we did a marijuana podcast uh, about how it was going to affect festival and events we had people engaged and sending did in you questions smoke on and, the air yeah, yeah. <laughs> after did you, you, you didn't do the joe rogan or that elon building. musk yeah <laughs> But yeah, it's all part of that whole content. And, you know, visuals are another thing is, you know, I don't know how many organizations I've been involved with that Joe Blow at the end of the table is a photographer. I'll take some pictures. Oh, yeah, I've got a camera. I'll take some pictures. Well, if you want content pictures, hire a photographer and do it properly. Yeah, Yeah. Give them a shot list. Tell them exactly what you want and need. And in order to get paid, I need this shot list. Yep. On a disc delivered and, and you get paid and you know some people will just stage a hundred photos and you know you might get one or two that are good but if you tell somebody what you're looking for you don't right. have to stage the shot and you get that natural interaction so again it's investing in your strategy right. and your tactics you're not just going out and randomly doing it right yep hmm. I think We're, a lot of organizations i think just before we uh just before we move on are uh you know, one of the excuses that you talked about excuses earlier, you hear, we don't have any time, we don't have any money, we don't have any people. And I would ask people when they're putting their budgets and their plans together to take a look at what they're actually doing. Because I think that they're probably, if you look at the ROI of all the activities you're taking part in, there are probably some things where you could pull people off, pull money off. You know, that ad you've had in that magazine for the past 15 years that nobody's looking at, we're just throwing it in the blue box when it comes in. Like, how much money could we save there? Um, interns, co-op students, young people, right? So um, I think I think it might take a little bit of rejigging of resources to deploy people to this. The ideas are out there, right? The fact that we're not doing it, and 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 it's a closing window. I think you know we we uh, follow Gary Vaynerchuk, and and this is one of his. He says I've been t- saying this message for ten years, and it's not as great as it was five years ago, or six years ago, or seven years ago, and so. It'll be something else down the road, but I think for the time being, there's still a nice little window for them to get in. And I think once you get your tact or your strategies together and stuff, it, your strategy or your tactic that you're going to use on your Facebook account is going to be different than you're going to use on your Instagram, which will be different than you'll use on Twitter. It's not one tactic fix all right. platforms, right? I mean, right. You're, you're well, it should it should be different. Some exactly. of some of them going to different with some of them it's right? not right. Like yeah. we, we were last week, we won't name any names, but we were looking at some organizations who are they're doing great work on one platform, yeah. and then they're just automating it and flipping it out on Twitter and Facebook. So um, they have great Instagram feed and huge audience, and then they're just literally automating the same posts on everything else. And there's like no engagement, no audience there. So it's a different psychology, right? So you have to how do I take that and make it a little bit different? For Twitter versus Facebook versus LinkedIn. Yeah, this automation thing is a bane in my side. I think (laughs) it's like the worst piece of software I've ever seen. It 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 generates laziness because you know you see an op you know you see a great opportunity to engage with an audience on a very different channel, but they don't do it. You're just ticking a box. You're just ticking a box, and you know it's automated because it's see you can see that it's a photo from Instagram, which is sitting now on Twitter. Well, that's that's just that just breeds laziness. And now you're giving them homework too, right? No, you have them, to. Cl- it's a it's a hurdle. It's a hurdle, right? Exactly. So you know that it all comes back down to strategy and your content calendar and patience. Like Dave, you know we've we, we've seen you from day one starting this podcast. We talked about this off air where it's going and where it has been now. That's amazing. Like congratulations to you of getting three plus thousand uh, listeners and growing like. But that stuff takes time, Dave. It didn't happen for you when Theo on the Air, episode number one. No, unless you gave out a million dollars and said, hey, you got to, you know, it's not going to happen. So that's the other things I find that people are so impatient because they want to be 
the Warren Weeks. So they want to be the Gary V. I'm not sure anyone wants to be the Warren Weeks. <laughs> well, I don't know. I was pushing it there. <laughs> Thank uh, you. <laughs> but they want they want uh, that they want that engagement right away. Well, you're not. It's not going to happen. Yeah. You need to have some patience, and you need to let your board know. And that's the other thing I hear a lot is, well, I've got to now, you know, talk to my board. Well, you've got to educate your board of these convers. You know what? If you want to educate your board, have them come and listen to this segment, because to the board members who are listening to this segment, the stuff takes time, and it has to be organized, and there's got to be a strategy behind it. And to the board member who's listening, please take the opportunity to educate yourself and talk to the person who's responsible for the online or offline marketing stuff. It's not just going to happen overnight. Or, or get a new board, right? Or get a new board. And that sounds harsh, but uh, there, are, there are a lot of people, and it's not an age-related thing. It's more of a mindset. They think yeah. that this is a fad yeah. for kids. Yeah. I don't, we're not kids, right? Yeah. I don't know what your no. age starts with. Mine starts at the five at this point. And so <laughs> I'm almost there. Learning how to use yeah. this stuff is not, you know, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's work, but uh, it's about attention and awareness and eyeballs. And if your board's not, it's very difficult to get anything done if your board's not on side. So I think there's an ed- education and awareness piece, but if not, then, you know, let's get some other folks running for the boards. Yeah. Yep. And, and you know what, as you talk about it as your overall strategy, it's part of traditional media too, where traditional media always thought demographic, right? And I think some of the social people don't think that demographic or that are trying to make the switch over. They don't understand that, you know, Facebook is for your oldies <laughs> listener and yep. Instagram is your pop top 40. And so that, that whole demographic mindset follows the platforms along, you know, yeah. LinkedIn is your business to business. Yeah. And, and you know what? And I want to touch on that, Dave, because it, once again, if, if you, if, if, if you're listening to this segment and you're saying to yourself, God, these guys are just talking about digital, 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 and they're, they're, you know, and you know, our festival event really is big in our community through newspaper and typical. Okay. We get that. And so let's make that clear. And, and that's good that you brought it up, Dave, in terms of the, you call it traditional. I just call it, I just call it offline marketing. That's again part of your strategy, and that's part of your tactics. I'm certainly not, and I'm, I'm not, and I'm not certainly speaking for Warren, but I know Warren enough that I'm sure Warren is not advocating this. Is we're not saying drop everything non-digital uh, and go digital. No, if you're still doing stuff in your local papers or your local radio station or your local TV, fantastic. Just fine as long as it's working. As long as it's working, and if it's as working, and even if it's not, then switch it up a little bit because maybe your board, maybe you've got a few people around your board who are big fans right. of the local stuff. Well, great. Then switch it up a little bit. So rather than the call to action being go to my website. Maybe it's go to my specific website that's dedicated to something I'm going to give away. Maybe it's free tickets. Maybe it's free T-shirts. Something that a sponsor can put their name behind. So then take and you're seeing that right now on on you know on some of these television stations where you're watching an interview with an individual and then they say, okay, go to our website to watch the entire interview. So they're they're doing what we're saying. They're driving mm-hmm. someone to an online or taking them from offline to online. Do the same thing. If you've got uh, a local newspaper ad you're doing in the local community paper because you've been doing it for so many years and the board is are big advocates of it because one of the key board members is a person who works at that newspaper. Right. Great. Well, then instead of them, instead of the ad saying, go to our website or go give us a telephone number, tell them to go to a landing page to get a free T-shirt that's sponsored by Joe Ford Dealership. Well, I think that's the other important thing too, Java and Warren is, Traditional media, whether it's radio, television, or print, they've all got vibrant websites too. So part of your buy in those platforms should be to be included on their digital platform so that you're not only getting their over-the-air or their their print, you're also accessing their digital platforms, which have many followers and right as well so yeah i think you should when when you do that though because you know when you say they have vibrant websites i'm thinking of the ones that i would frequent or you know the one from my hometown and it literally looks like it is a website from 1998 it's Mm. just it's about nine links and just banner ads blinking and i'm just i'm not clicking on any of that so um, if, if you look at what's happened in traditional media, especially the newspaper business, it's been decimated. It has been heavily disrupted. Um, you know, a thousand journalists just got laid off last week from a, from a series of publications. The problem is it's it's overpriced, right? Like the same ad that you were buying 10 years ago is the same price, but the number of eyeballs that are seeing it is going dropping, way down. Yeah. So 
Um, if you're dealing with your ad person, maybe try to have some pressure on those fees and see if you can get them down because you send out a newspaper ad and I'm not knocking it, right? Like mm -hmm. I think it's like, you know, my day job is, is media relations. So mm -hmm. um, I'm not knocking it, but I think that you send out a newspaper ad, you have no idea who's actually seeing it. And on Facebook, which, you know, you talk about older demographics, if you're dealing with people 40 to 60, that's where you want to be. And you can see in real time, you can refresh it every five seconds and see how an ad or promotion is doing. So um, better measurements. I'm yep. not saying one's better than the other, but um, see what works and, yep. and try to get the best price possible. And that's a great point, Warren. You know, in, try to influence your representative. If they've got maybe not so much of a vibrant website, okay, then help them and say, look, we've got a video that we, uh, we would love to have on your site because we know or yeah, you provide them some content. Provide them with some content. Yeah. I, I think they would very, certainly local ones, would very much appreciate uh, something of that nature. I think that would be of great importance. And it would really gain that, uh, that trust and relationship that you do all the time. You're listening to FIO on the air, Warren Weeks and Javed Khan are in talking with us. Back in just a minute on FIO on the air. Are you an Ontario festival event or supplier looking to connect with industry professionals? Don't miss the 2019 FIO Conference, February 26th to 28th in London. Educational speakers, marketplace trade show, entertainment showcase, industry awards gala, and more. Celebrate, learn, and connect with hundreds of your peers in a positive and fun environment. Interested in conference sponsorship? Contact Debbie at festivalsandeventsontario.ca. To register now and get the latest conference news, visit FIOConference2019.com. Welcome back. FIO on the Air continues. Here again is our host, Dave McNeil. Welcome back to FIO on the Air. Warren Weeks and Javed Khan join us. We're talking about social media and marketing in general, um, heading up to our conference. So we, we left off uh, and we were talking a little bit about video and, and photography. So as somebody that's going to incorporate video messaging into their content, what are some five things people should uh, consider when they're producing a video for their... Uh... So I think not in any particular order, you certainly need to ensure that you're creating content that is going to be of... Uh, of great interest to your audience. Um, we talked uh, earlier in this conversation about strategy and that could be part of your strategy in terms of, you know, what does your audience look like? Who, who is your audience? So I, I certainly think it's, uh, it's you want to avoid, number one is you want to avoid uh, making it all about you. So you don't want all your videos to be promotional videos, promotional videos, or it's all about me, me, me. You got to figure out what is that content. Uh, again, not on any particular order, I would say item number two would be distribution. You know, what kind of platforms or channels do you want to distribute this video? Uh, remembering that, again, um, it's not about you. And also, there's multiple channels out there that you can distribute your video. Um, and in many cases, uh, you need to create little snippets of your video so that it, it, it accommodates a certain channel. So Instagram, for instance, if you've got a video that's a minute and 30 seconds, well, on Instagram proper in terms of the feed, may not work, but hey, may want to consider IGTV or Instagram television, so it all comes about to distribution. Um, I certainly, as I uh, mentioned earlier in this conversation, wouldn't look at your videos as item number three to be Hollywood type. Don't worry about scripting and don't worry about teleprompters. Make it real, make it authentic, make it genuine. That's really, really important uh, in terms of your videos. As I said, you could have it on an iPhone these days or Samsung or whatever technology you have. Um, and you know, I'd say even item number four, probably even one of the more important ones is uh, look out for client testimonials, look out for audience testimonials. So when you're doing your, your uh, on-season event, um, that's an opportunity as part of your strategy and part of your plan to go and get shots of people in real time, not real time, but at in the moment shots, videos of people saying all the amazing things about your, your video that you can use for B-roll as part of your, uh, your, your video. And I would say the fifth one is really know your why. Like, why are you even doing this stuff? A lot of people do video just because people have told them to do video, but they have no idea why they did it and where it fits in. So really know why you're doing it and what kind of video content um, are you, you know, are you creating that is going to help you not only during season, but also is going to help you in the off season. And there's multiple ways to do that in the off season. And Warren, I know you spend a lot of your time in the media training world. And uh, mm -hmm. w what would you throw into that video? 
So we'll video is absolutely huge right now. Um, anyone who follows me knows that uh, Javid's been doing this for years, but I've been more um, reluctant. I know intellectually I should be doing it. I've been telling clients to do it. Don't like doing it myself. And I've been forcing myself. One of my uh, resolutions, I guess, for 2019 was just get stuff out there. So had a bunch of my talks and sessions recorded in the last year or so and had to, just sitting on a hard drive, did nothing with them. And so um, had some time over the holidays and chopped them up, as Javid said, into these little 40, 50, 60 second pieces and have been putting them out and sprinkling them out on LinkedIn and Twitter and Instagram. And the engagement's been amazing. Like I'm getting, you know, probably 2000 or so views per video on average. And that's like not paying anything. It's just organic. And uh, so I, I would say if, if you have a festival or an event, one of the biggest things you can do is to create that archive. And so hire some video people to just be roaming around and documenting your event and talking to people and getting visuals and getting B-roll and then save it and see what you can do with it over the course of the year. Because even as you mentioned, off season marketing, a lot of these folks will just, they'll gear up for the event and then it's over and they're like, okay, great. We don't have to do that for another 11 months. And then just kind of pack everything away. But you can be doing this and taking this video and, and, and putting it out there over the course of a year. So just make sure you have people, if, like if you have an event and it's not being recorded, it's like such, I think a puppy dies somewhere yes. if, if you do that. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's the same with capturing photos at those events. It's yeah. the same type Absolutely, of strategy. For sure. Know what you want, know the shot list you want. And, and yeah, it's so you might not use it right away, but down the line, it's going to come in handy. And, it's, and, and yeah, 100%, Dave, you said know the shot list you want. Well, it's not just for still photography. It's also for video. Know what the video shots you want from your video group and your team, including, hey, we need to get a testimony from, you know, A, B, and C influencer in our community, or we need to get a bunch of these Hall of Famers to, to do some testimonies for us, whatever that is. But, you know, that stuff you can use in the off-season. Behind you know, the scenes footage, behind the scenes. people smiling, people coming in, like just signage. It's uh, Get your vendors setting up. Do a whole time lapse yeah. of your all your vendors setting their like there's tons of things you can do however as warren said it's not like okay we got an event let's do it and okay good we're done yeah we'll see you next year and away you go you know and we did that last year with our conference we captured a lot of footage we captured a lot of videos or photos and uh you know jay did a a, a video of our conference last year and the, the one striking thing that i got and i didn't I didn't tell him, Jay, only do this, but mm. you sit down and you watch the video and the common theme is everybody has a smile in every single frame captured and they're not just standing in front of the camera and smile. It's three people standing off to the side laughing and giggling. Right. Everywhere you look, people had that smile. So right. it's it's telling the story of it. this is a fun environment. People are having fun and having a good time. So Yeah, and just my last point around video is, uh, you know, you, you, you've got some of these tips and insights from Warren and I the probably the last one if anything is overarching is storytelling you just alluded to this dave storytell storytell your experience on video and you can certainly do that in still photography or any other medium but it is about storytelling and that takes time in terms of storyboard create a storyboard create your video list shot list and away you go right so it's very important now uh, let's get a little bit into profiles on, on all of the different platforms and, and let's more specifically your le leadership people, mm. your board people, your presidents, they're, they're going to have a little bit different type of profile or, or, or are they? No, I don't, I don't think so. I think, you know, if you, if you have a board, if you've got a board, well, those events and festivals who've got a board uh, and your board members uh, listening to the show, th this certainly area is of very importance to you because those board members have an equal but even maybe even a stronger presence online um, when it comes to um, any social channel. And I'm going to specifically talk, you know, I would say to the easier part would be LinkedIn. You know, you need to have at least some level of a very strong LinkedIn presence uh, indicating your 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 presence as a board member, what do you do? Uh, but also share 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 and reshare the content that your you know your event person is is putting out. You know, Dave, you mentioned highlight reels, photography and stuff. Well, not only share it, but put some commentary behind the share, and away you go. And I'll give you a really good example. I was talking to a, a senior executive at a, at a at an organization, and I spoke with them a couple of met with them about a week or two ago. As, uh, as this is being recorded. And, uh, you know, we just talked, and one thing he said is that, you know, the, 
the, the tip I provided him with, and that tip was very simple. Take a piece of article, a content piece. Rather than sharing it, I said to this gentleman, when you hit the share button, when you go hit the share button, put in your put in your flavor, put in why you're sharing this piece of content, what's your take on it, and then send it out. And he said, you know, I've been doing that and my my views and my comments and shares has like threefold, fourfold in terms of viewers, in terms of the amount of engagement I'm getting. And I said, well, that's great. He goes, and I, and he firmly believes that it's because of the fact that he put his take on whatever that piece of content is. And that's important. And earlier in this conversation, Dave, you said influencers. Well, you leaders, you board members, you are community leaders and you're influencers in some way, shape or form. So certainly uh, producing uh, not only the content, but sharing that content is very important as, as a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not one to force an executive to say you have to be on these platforms and do these things, but I think it's 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 just silly to even argue it. The people who do it, um, they have more successful events. It's also there's that career piece. You know, they might be looking for a new role or a new job five or six or seven years down the road. That's a profile building piece. Um, when we meet someone, uh, the the business card I think is dying. And now when you meet someone, the first thing you do is, and sometimes right on your phone, you you look them up on LinkedIn and you have that connection. So when you do that and you find they have no connections, they have like 13 connections and they have that little gray just silhouette and there's no photo there. It just it's I, I think it just signals poorly for the organization that they're involved with. So again, I would say copy the ideas of people who are doing it well. Follow someone like, you know, an Elon Musk, although he might tweet some stuff that gets himself in trouble sometimes. (laughs) But there are there are executive directors, there are board members who do a good job and just, you know, make it conversational. Don't try to game it too much. Just be you know, obviously think before you tweet, right? You're only one tweet away from, you know, getting canned or whatever. But 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 think about it and have be responsible, but um, try to cultivate it. And if you don't know what to do, buy a book, find a YouTube video, call someone like us. Just, you know, there's, you can't swing a dead cat without hitting 50 marketing people. Ask one of them for some help. And um, it's just, it's an investment, I think, in your career. And there's a fulfilling circle that helps your event as well. Well, and and again, it comes back to storytelling, right? Like, especially in LinkedIn, you're telling the story of your career. So somebody might look up Dave McNeil and say, well, why is he running a festival events company while he ran it? He was part of Oktoberfest. He was with CTV. So, I mean, you can get, you can tell the story of who you are and how you got to where you are and, and the pieces of, of strength that you bring with your, again, telling the story of who Yeah, you know, well, for, for those of you who are listening to this segment of Few on the Air, you're not going to want to hear the, the following statement. Here's the statement. First impressions matter wherever you go. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's it, it does matter. So to Warren, to your point, when I go to Google any of your names who are listening to this show, when we meet at a conference or wherever we meet, get this. We're naturally going to Google each other, and the first impression matters, like it or not. It does matter. So when I Google Warren Week's name or Javid Khan's or Dave McNeil or whomever it is, that first impression is going to matter. If I'm gonna, And it's going to matter in terms of do I continue to build a relationship with this person or, wow, they they talk one talk and they don't even action it themselves. So, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, like it or not, it, it is important. And many people fluff it off to, nah, you know, what's what's the big deal? It's it's not really something that I want to spend my time or energy on. Well, then that's, you know, then that's unfortunately you're leaving either money or impressions on the table. Yeah. So we've talked board. We've talked different platforms. What about your sp- sponsor base or your partners how do you engage them into the marketing of your event i i always say that i i try to get away from that whole sponsorship thing because a sponsor is great but a partner is even better because a partner is now engaged they're part of your team they're part of your story yeah i, I think the first it, it, the first question to ask any partner is why why do you want to why do you want to be part of this or why we would like you to be part of this either when You've got to answer that purpose purpose question. What's the purpose of our, of our partnership, both from whatever angle you want to take it to? So it could be anything from, well, we need to really up our game in terms of our, our, our visibility of our brand. We need to really uh, figure, we really want to be involved in the community. We're new to the community. We want to be involved. And we, we, we understand that your particular festival or event is the, the place to be when it comes to bringing the community together. So you got to figure out what's the why, have that conversation. And then from there, understand 
how can you get the partner involved? And folks, it's not just getting the partner involved with their logos and put it on a program. You gotta be really, really adventurous and bold in terms of the ideas, right? Do warrant to, to really get these folks uh, out there. So, you know, I, I think everything from getting them involved in free giveaways, get them involved in video. Uh, we talk video to the cows come in. Get them involved in social interaction. Uh, maybe you're doing features. You're doing features of various uh, uh, entertainers through your off-season. Get them involved there. Uh, there are just many multiple ways outside of the, the what I call you know typical website presence, logo presence, program presence, yeah, yeah, yeah. Think of other ways. But again, that conversation is, hey, how you know not only the why with your partner, but how else would they like to be involved? You know, you never know. I think a lot of times when we think of a sponsor, we think of what can I extract from them? And I think that we might be surprised to find if you flip it again and just think, how can I delight my sponsor? Mm. Um, if you think of it through the eyes of your sponsor, because they're putting money on the table to hopefully get profile and awareness and to generate revenues, what would delight them? And don't just give them the same grocery list of things they, that they've gotten in the past. Like you mentioned, you know, we'll put your logo on this and put your logo on that and you get the diamond or bronze or whatever the levels are. How can I delight them? And then if you're going to include them in your marketing and your social, then how do you do that? As you said, don't hit people over the head with an ad. How do you weave them into the storytelling process? Because again, people are interested in stories. How can you incorporate that and make it more interesting? So it doesn't feel like you're being shoved um, an advertisement in your face or in your feed, but it's just sort of soft sell. And then you just have a, a, a good feeling about the festival and you have a good feeling about the sponsor or partner as well. Yeah. So before we move on to um, our, our, our conference specific and, and your session, what are, what are some mistakes that some festival events are making in their, in their social platforms and in their, some of the marketing that they're doing in your opinions? I think the number one biggest mistake is the volume of content is way too low. It's way, way, way too low. Um, and I know because I follow a lot of these folks, right? You know, we, we, we kind of eat our own dog food. We went to the, I think my first festival was two years ago up in the Sioux and spent, I think, an hour that night following every single person that I had engaged with and liking their tweets and following them back and having little discussions with them. So now these people are all in my feed and I'm kind of seeing what they're doing or what they're not doing. Um, when you have Gary Vaynerchuk, again, the probably arguably the best social media practitioner in the world, and he puts out so much content, it's ridiculous. And he's saying that he's not even putting out enough. He said, you know, we're going to look back on this period 10 and 15, 20 years from now and be so just filled with regret. Why were we not putting out more? So um, the biggest one is volume of content. And then the second biggest one was kind of like 1B is the quality of it because it's not necessarily easy to do. If, if it was easy to do, everybody would be doing it. So um, that would, if, if I had a, a magic wand and I could tell people to do one thing, it's like you're, you're putting out 5 or 10% of the content that you should be. I think one thing I, again, Gary Vanderchuk, I follow him as well. And the one thing I've always pulled from one of the things he said is, that you always have to think of yourself as a media company first yep. and whatever you're doing is second. So if you're running a festival and event, that's secondary. You're, you're telling your story, you're getting your content out there. So you're thinking in that media terms first and foremost before you. Right, right. And, and you know, there's a couple other additional, th there's a couple other areas of mistakes that, that we found, uh, Warren and I, in terms of what some of these events are doing and again there, there's no reason for it there's no excuse for it I think you know first and foremost uh, in addition to the content there's also this element of they're not necessarily engaging their sponsors in a way that, that I think they should uh, get your sponsors engaged in some way shape or form but also respond respond to your audience if, if you know if an audience member if a attendee or whomever says something good bad or neutral well, respond. Don't just let it sit there for weeks on end or hours on end. There should be someone live at that event who is literally walking around. And you see this quite often now, you know, and I, and I, you know, with a sport marketing background of mine, you know, you see this. You see now sports people who have their front office people running on fields, running on whatever it is. And you see them holding their mobile phone, taking that shot because they want to do it real time. Well, that's the other thing is engage with your audience right away and the, the other one that i find is um it's really interesting is that they're um they're not updating their website like so you know an event is done 
you go back to it uh, two two months later, it still shows to you know their event from whenever twenty eighteen. Update that website immediately, like immediately, next day immediately. By the way, that should all be part of your content calendar. Update that right away and and start pushing uh, pushing off season stuff. And I I think whenever I see that, and it drives me crazy as well, is that at that point you almost realize that that festival or event. Uh, the website is by committee. Not one person is assigned to it. When you assign one person as that's right. their responsibility, they take ownership of it and they right. make sure that it's it's updated. Right. Well, for everybody, anybody that thinks they've got all the information that they were going to get in their pre-session, you're sadly mistaken. Back in just a minute with Theo on the air. Become a Festivals and Events Ontario member today and join a family of more than 500 members that represent over 1,400 festivals and events in Ontario. Knowledgeable, dedicated, and passionate event organizers and volunteers who can help make your event a success. Membership fees range in price depending on the size of your festival or event. If you're a supplier of goods or services, you can also become a member and get connected with planners across the province. So many benefits, so little cost. Buy your membership today. Contact us now, Debbie at festivalsandeventsontario.ca. The voice of festivals and events in Ontario. Feo on the Air continues. Here again is our host, Dave McNeil. Welcome back to Feo on the Air. Javit Khan and Warren Weeks are here, and, and we're going to get a little bit specific now about our pre-conference session. Uh, it's always a fan favorite. Uh, it's a really engaged session, and if you think in this 45 minutes that you've got everything you don't need to come, you don't get it. <laughs> Let him in on some of your secrets. Uh, it, it, it's a it's a raucous, it's a noisy room. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of engagement. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. I'll just start off, Warren. I think one of the things that we were talking about this off air, uh, Warren and I, when we did our, we, we started to do some planning, I, I think we're going to get people to work. This is not, uh, this literally is not a session where you're going to learn Twitter 101 or LinkedIn 101 or, hey, how do I set up my Facebook page? No. It's not watching a video. It's not watching a video. This this is like we're upping your game in terms of you really need to be seriously involved in social. It is not junior intermediate. It's pretty senior plus. We're talking strategy. We're going to have you build some strategy. There is going to be a lot of engagement, quite a bit of thinking type of exercises where we want people to do stuff and actually come away with something that they can implement immediately in their particular festival and event. We're adding a couple of new elements uh, to to the overall day experience, so uh, that's going to be really fun. And yeah, there's there's always going to be a fun element because that's what social is about, right? It's about having fun and it's about really you know um, helping everyone in that room up their game when it comes to your online. And then also we want conversation. What are some of you know we're going to be asking attendees what are your challenges is it, is it with the board how can we help you position whatever you have with your board to, uh, you know to take back so there's you know there's sort of that one element warren you know you want to uh yeah we're the, the, for those who think it's going to be a replay of last year um we've got a lot of new stuff that we we uh, we met up what is it last week yeah. and we're kind of mapping things out and we've got stuff all over the table and trying to create a uh, completely new experience. And in a lot of ways, the social media landscape has changed. Like There are certain elements that we're going to kind of uh, accentuate less and some that we're bringing in that are completely new. Um, like, you know, we didn't, I don't think we even talked about LinkedIn last year. We had a little logo on the front right. page and literally didn't talk about it in a full day session. Yes. And I think enough has changed on the landscape in the past year that LinkedIn is one of my absolute go-tos now. Even in a B2C business like like festivals and events, I think there's that profile building piece and that just secondary piece. Yeah. And the organic reach is so huge. So we're going to be dealing with that. Um, and for those who think they just want to be sitting there with some popcorn and watching us talk for the whole day, as you said, sadly mistaken, I would say about 40% of the day is going to be them actually hands-on, getting their hands, or maybe even more, more actually yeah. doing stuff, yep. workshops, building, creating. We had people last year creating actual content, not like thinking about it, like actually going in, creating it, putting overlays, putting words, and had them actually standing up and connecting with each other online and getting conversations started. We had them interacting with influencers. Like, you know, these are big, big ticket uh, people who are interacting with them. So it's, uh, I, I think the theoretical stuff you can get anywhere. This is super, super hands-on and, uh, 
and and yeah, beyond beyond the basics, right? This isn't how to set up a Twitter profile. If that's the level that you're at, don't come to this. Get somebody else in your organization to do it, or again, watch a YouTube video. But this is going to be a little bit more advanced. Yeah. And as I recall, correct me if I'm wrong, did someone not reach out to Gary V last year and had a response within a certain? Yeah. 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 So so last year. Um, I don't know if that was in the full day session or one of the smaller ones, but um, we were giving away books, right? Every year we bring in, we'll have some things we're giving away this year. We had some autographed books last year and uh, we said, whoever can get an influencer of a certain level, I said like, it can't be like your cousin, the dentist or whatever, but if someone can get an influencer to interact with them on Twitter, you'll win this book. And it was seven minutes and 21 seconds later, I think that someone said, oh, Gary V just sent me back something. Oh, it was you. (laughs) (laughs) It was you. Oh, <laughs> see when you when you hit fifty, you start losing <laughs> yeah. some uh, brain cells. Yeah, it was so great. it's Javid. He's he's like uh, Gary V. Just interacted with me. And s- now, what people need to understand is like Gary V. Doesn't outsource his social media. Right. He doesn't have a team of people in somewhere in India doing this. Yeah. He's doing it himself, and he is probably arguably the busiest guy in North America. Yeah. He's got two million or so followers, and he actually engaged with you in real time. Yeah. So. That's the bar, right? We're not saying everybody needs to be doing it to that degree, but just aspire. Like, yeah. do a little bit better than you're doing. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it was good. Now, have you two, in, in the couple of years you've been doing that, have you gone to that session and, and taken away some stuff from some of the people that are, are enrolled in the session that, hey, I never thought of it that way? Or mm. is there sharing amongst the group that way? Or has it been more of a... Um, what I remember mostly is just questions. There's a lot of questions and there's a lot of, you know, you, you uh, it, it's it's interesting to hear. You'll hear of an event that like, wow, they're pretty well established. Mm-hmm. And then you talk to the folks and you realize like on when it comes to digital or social marketing or whatever you want to call it, it's at a very fundamental like kindergarten sort of level. And it's not for lack of desire. It's not for lack of effort. It's just like, we don't know. We don't know what to do. We don't know how to do this. Or, you know, we, how do you, our board doesn't really, no, I want to do it, but our board doesn't see it. So it's a lot of um, overcoming hurdles. That's, that's the big thing that comes away for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the number one theme that, that we would like, if we reverse engineer, we'd like people to walk out of their Dave is a great, great uh, experience hosted by Theo, which is that value add. B, it is going to be so totally not only interactive, but fun, yet strategic. And C, if anything, we want them to walk away with one thing that they can action as soon as they possibly can, be it with their board, with their staff, with their volunteers, whatever that is. Um, You know, it's not for the faint of heart. It is, it's going to be a full day, but it's going to be a full day of fun, but there's going to be some work involved. And like we said, and we reiterate, uh, you really need to uh, come and experience. It's certainly what, what the uh, what the the value uh, that you're investing is not even close to what you're going to be in getting in terms of what the true oh, value yeah. is. It's not even close. So it, you know those who are listening to this uh, and you haven't signed up, sign up and more. Get your friends and family and maybe a board member or someone to come, especially the ones, mm-hmm. especially those board members who are around the table who get it. All right. Well, you want to get some advocates, bring them to this thing and invest that the day with them also. Then they'll totally get it. Mm-hmm. There's also going to be a crisis and issues piece near the end of the day. Yep. Um, we've been talking rah, rah, marketing and everything's yep. great. But um, every now and then yep. shit goes off the rails, yep. <laughs> as yep. we know. So uh, we're going to be dealing with a period of what do you how do you deal with haters? How do you deal with trolls? How do you deal with uh, an event or, you know, unfortunately, hopefully nothing goes wrong. But if there's something of an emergency nature, how do you handle that um, in social media world uh, in addition to the real world? So we'll and we have some great examples. Some of them are horrifying. Some of them are funny. But it's, uh, again, learning opportunities that everybody can use. You know what? That to me, that's the shield that people that don't get social media right. hide behind right. all the time yeah. what if we can't says, control yeah. what if they say something bad about us yeah yeah, yeah. which is the guess they're saying it about you but they're saying it to tim hortons down the street so yeah yeah, yeah. so if, if you think you know it all think again <laughs> um if you remember hearing that rock is laughter and roar coming from a room and wondering what that content was well that was javit Con and Warren Leakes in their social media pre-class. And, and uh, we, you know, we spent almost an hour today talking about the whole realm of marketing and social media, but we've really just dusted off the corners. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're looking for a fun and engaged session that you're really going to take away some how to make your festival and your marketing campaigns better, 
this is one session I would I would book. Thank you very much, guys, for uh, for being a part of it, and best of luck as we uh, as we move it forward. Sounds good. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thanks for having us. If you're interested in being part of that session, go to the FioConference2019.com and uh, get the information and sign up. Spots are going fast. Don't wait. Be a part of it and get signed up today. Festivals and Events Ontario has entered the world of podcasting with Fio on the air. Join us as we sit down and chat with the movers and shakers of the festivals and events community. The goal is to share insight, advice, planning techniques, and overall strategy with you, our FIO members. On the next podcast, would you like us to interview someone specific, cover a particular topic, answer a question? Let us know. FIO on the Air wants to give you what you need to succeed. Contact us now, Dave at festivalsandeventsontario.ca. Thanks for listening to FIO on the Air, the voice of festivals and events in Ontario. 